Friends, today's gospel is a continuation of the Sermon on the Mount, which is, if you'd like to think of it this way, Jesus' teachings on the moral life. Last Sunday, we heard a few of Jesus' teachings on avoiding evil. Do not give in to anger. Do not give in to lust. Do not swear. Today, we're moving into a few of Jesus' teachings on doing good. Have mercy. Respond generously. Love your enemies. The moral life includes these two kinds of actions. Do good and avoid evil. If we focused all of our efforts simply on avoiding evil, simply on overcoming sin, we'd be missing half the picture. If all that Jesus wanted us to do was avoid evil, one logical response would be to lock ourselves in our room. That's kind of what I did on my silent retreat. There was no one around me to make me angry. I wasn't tempted by others to do anything I shouldn't. It was kind of wonderful. Uh, But that's not all Jesus wants for us. He says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, one way that we could define perfection is being complete. The perfect moral life is not merely avoiding evil. That would be incomplete. The perfect moral life is avoiding evil and doing good. When both are present, the moral life is perfect, complete. Now, the full picture of the moral life is important to keep in mind as we approach the beginning of Lent this Wednesday. As we receive ashes on our forehead, we might be told, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. But another phrase that is suggested is, repent and believe in the gospel. The perfect Lent, the complete Lent, includes turning away from sin, and it also includes doing the good of the gospel. Do good, avoid evil. That is a perfect Lent. That is a complete moral life. Now, with all that in mind, let's look at a couple of Jesus' teachings on doing good that we heard in today's gospel. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. Give to the one who asks of you. Love your enemies. Now, what immediately stands out in the Sermon on the Mount is that Jesus' teachings go beyond what the old law required. You have heard that it was said... And Jesus cites the old law. But I say to you, Jesus intensifies the moral teachings of the Old Testament, bringing them to perfection, to completion. The law, eye for eye and tooth for tooth, was in the right direction, but it was incomplete. It moderated the desire for vengeance. If someone punched me in the face, I can't go and murder their family. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. That's in the right direction, but it's incomplete. If I followed that law through personal vengeance, I would be lowered to the level of the person who hit me. And little by little, all of society would be degraded to the level of an evildoer. At least that society wouldn't go beyond reasonable limits, but the teaching couldn't bring us up. It couldn't make us perfect. Jesus' teaching brings us up. 
It has the power to make us perfect. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. Love your enemies. These teachings allow us to say, I will not lower myself to the level of a violent person. I will raise him up by showing him how childish violence is. I remember very distinctly a time when I was in elementary school when, God forgive me, I was making fun of someone on the bus. He responded by complimenting my shoes. And I was totally stopped in my tracks. Even though he was younger than me, he showed me how immature I was without resorting to my level. He turned the other cheek, and I stopped making fun of him. He raised me up. It might sound silly to bring up an example from elementary school now that we're much older, but our emotional reactions are exactly the same. Even if the ways that we're insulted or the ways that we want to respond to being insulted have changed. To see this truth, to see its relevance, we need look no further than the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King Jr. took up Jesus' teachings in the face of injustice, insults, and injury. He responded with nonviolence to actions much worse than slaps on the cheek, and he conquered evil with good. All of society was raised up. Eye for eye and tooth for tooth could not have accomplished that feat. Love of enemies did. Jesus wants us to be perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect, so he does not settle in his teachings for anything less. Now, Jesus' teachings also raise many questions. Should not the evil man be resisted? Should we just let a crazed gunman run into a school without doing anything? No. The Catechism is very clear about this. Quote, Legitimate defense can be not only a right, but a grave duty for someone responsible for another's life. Preserving the common good requires rendering the unjust aggressor unable to afflict harm. End quote. And the catechism here is consistent with Scripture because the examples that Jesus gives to explain his teachings do not include life-threatening assaults. When Jesus says, offer no resistance to one who is evil, the examples that he gives to explain this teaching are insults and requests for time and money. A slap on the right cheek is a backhanded slap, which is more of an insult than a life-threatening attack. If someone attacks us or someone that we ought to protect, we can and should defend ourselves. The complete moral life that Jesus, that Jesus is teaching includes bearing insults patiently and being generous with our time and our goods. Give to the one who asks of you. Be generous with your time and your money. It's good not to steal, but that's incomplete. The complete moral life not only avoids the evil of injustice, it also does the good of charity, love, and mercy. Avoiding evil and doing good is how we will be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And there's no better time to take up this call than Lent. 
The three practices of Lent include prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. It's really interesting to note that in the gospel for Ash Wednesday, which is just another continuation of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, in the gospel for Ash Wednesday, Jesus does not recommend these practices. He assumes that you're doing them. When you pray, he says, when you pray, when you fast, when you give alms. These are fundamental spiritual practices, but they are incomplete if they do not bear the fruit of a moral life. On Ash Wednesday, we will hear Jesus say, do not pray or fast or give alms like the hypocrites. It's possible to do these spiritual practices in vain. So how can we not fall into that trap? How can we have a complete Lent where these practices actually bear fruit? That's where I'd like to encourage you to take these last days before Ash Wednesday to examine your conscience. Are there people who have hurt me? Are there people against whom I'm holding a grudge? Be honest. Are there people who need me, who need my time or my money? Be honest. With those people in mind, pick the way that you will pray, fast, and give alms in order to do good to them. That's one of the ways that our spiritual practices of, practices of Lent can bear fruit. Today, today's Sunday and last Sunday's gospel have given us a perfect way to prepare for a complete Lent. We looked at some of the ways that we can avoid evil last week, and today we've seen some of the ways that we can do good. So before Ash Wednesday comes, I want you to take out your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. That's what we've been reading last Sunday and this Sunday. Read Matthew chapter 5. And let that reading inspire the choices that you make for prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. That will help us to have a complete Lent, so that with God's grace, we can be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em.